0: Yeah. we're starting a new series, the book of James. I actually preached the book of James, uh, nine years ago, which is one of the cool things about, uh, when you've been at a place long enough and you've preached long enough, you don't have to prepare sermons anymore. You just take, what was that thing? Oh, okay. Who was president? Okay. Insert that. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> it never works that way. But, uh, but I'm excited to be in the book of James because we talk a lot about our faith. Okay. Uh, but we call this, James, a faith that works. And we don't mean that your faith works. It means you actually work. You actually take your faith and do something with it. Faith is not knowledge. Oh, I learned so much about the Bible. Great. I mean, it's awesome. Learn about the Bible. Don't, don't misquote me. But um, faith is something that plays itself out in action. I can... I can, it's mostly in love. I can speak with the tongues of men and angels, but if I don't have love, if I'm not actually displaying it, if I can, if I can like get all this knowledge and all this spirituality, but it doesn't display itself in love, then it it profits me nothing. I don't have really a great faith. So we're going to call this series, A James, A Faith That Works. And uh, and today we're going to be talking about the idea um, of testing and testing is really important. Uh, everything you have in your life that is important has been tested. So, you know, we're talking about a vaccine for COVID. Okay. And that's really great. And if somebody comes up to me and says, oh, we found a vaccine, you know, and they, they have their needle and they're chasing me around. Um, and they're like, oh, okay, it's a vaccine. It's a vaccine. I'll be like, well, "Wait, wait, wait, has it been tested? Right. I'm not injecting something into my body that hasn't been tested. And for the most part, I'm sure it will be. And we'll find all that out. So, like, obviously, medical things, vaccines, and all the things, you want to make sure they've been tested and tested thoroughly. Because everything we value needs to be tested. Everything. The car you're in, the car you drove here in, for those of you who drove in, the car for those of you who are online, who are going to head out after the service or whatever, it needs to be tested. They do these crash tests. And they, they, they uh, like, this is the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. Like, like we want to know, what is the crash rating for the car that I'm in? Have you noticed that we don't drive around in Model Ts anymore? Have you noticed that? This is an epiphany to me while I'm on the freeway. No, we don't because we keep testing. And when we keep testing, it keeps getting better and better and better. Like it's so, it's, this is how sad it's become for me. Can I, I know I'm Western, I'm American, whatever, I'm middle class, so this doesn't, but like I was lamenting that my car doesn't have a backup camera because that would just, that just makes it so much easier. <laughs> right? Well, I, well, Why would I even think of that? Because we've been testing and testing and testing and testing and testing. And we found out that backup cameras really help in avoiding accidents, okay? And so that's what we do, we test. Um, So here's, they actually have a place, this isn't it, but there's a bear pit that has bears in it. And they throw products into it and have them batted around to see if it gets this, like, high bear rating. That's how they test if a bear, because, you know, bears are smart. And so, you throw something in there. So, these are two bears fighting over. Now, in Cyprus, where I live, mine isn't even squirrel tested. Like, it's just, you just... (laughs) Do the wheels work? Yeah, put it out there. Ha- have a go at it, nature. I mean, who cares? You know, lizards climbing in there and all that stuff. But, but you want, if you lived in a place where there were bears, I don't know why you'd live there, but if you did, you'd want your trash cans to be bear tested. You want to you know that those trash cans can handle bears because you don't want to every, I put my trash cans out on Sunday, every Sunday you put out your trash can, and then every Monday you pick up trash. You don't want to do that. Uh, Golf balls are tested with this robot that hits the same, it does the same exact thing every time, and you kind of see what the golf balls do. That's not very important, but this is. You want to make sure that they're testing these bungee cords, (laughs) don't you? So I saw this thing on National Geographic. I I digress for just a little bit. Humor me. Uh, Well, depending on the bungee jump company, but most bungee jump companies test these every day. Every day they take the cords out, they hook them up, they go up on this crane and they take this big bag of weights and they just kind of like kick it off and then the bungee goes and they inspect it and then once a thousand jumps, it has, you guys are like, did, why did I drive to church for this? Uh, yeah, online they're just like, can you get me a snack? Can, can you get me a snack? So uh, they test it after a thousand jumps, they, they get rid of it. Well, if you're going to go on a bungee jump, don't you want to make sure it's been tested? Okay. Here's, uh, they wanted to test, if you took an iPhone and you poured concrete around it, this is a little dude right there, um, could you throw it, could it la- handle 100 feet uh, to see if it, because they wanted to just test. I don't know. That wouldn't fit in my pocket, but, um, but this one does. So, this is not... It's a gimmick, but it's not a joke, okay? Like, this is a gimmick, I realize that. But this is my, this is my iPhone, it works. See that, I just got a text from Gary Helmers that says, right, because of it. we had a conversation earlier. And so I have this case that has been tested. You can go online, there's all sorts of YouTube videos and all this stuff. And so I don't have another, this is my phone, okay? so. Uh, for Christmas, they said, what do you want? And I said, well, I want something to protect my iPhone because like, technology is super important to me. As a matter of fact, I ordered the screen cover before I ordered the phone because I wanted the screen cover to be there when, when I got the phone so I could put it on. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't be a pastor. But uh, this screen has never been touched by human hands. Like the, it's never the actual screen. So they have all these videos of this phone being dropped by 40 feet uh, onto concrete. And so I thought to myself, it's never been tested by me, because I don't drop my phone. Of all the times I've had, I've had a phone, this type of phone for about a decade at least, and I've probably dropped it by accident three times, because it's just like a precious child to me, okay? And so, you know, think about it, like, you know, this is how I hold my phone. So I thought this, let's test it. I've never done this before, and this is my phone. So here's what we're gonna do. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, Lisa didn't know this was happening. So here's what we're gonna do. I was gonna do it here, and you could just drop it, and it's like that's not really testing. So for those of you who are watching online, uh, this is our sanctuary, and uh, we it's carpeted, but there's no padding. It's just a carpet about that thick, and underneath is concrete. So I'm gonna throw my phone up. Stop! Stop! The worst it could be is a hundred bucks to replace the screen. Okay. And I, I already ran the numbers. Okay, I know. So I'm going to throw this phone up in the air, and it's going to land on the thing. You ready? I, this is—it's a gimmick, but it's serious. Like I know this is gimmicky. Like if you're watching, you're like, don't, don't do it. But here it goes. God, watched a lot of YouTube videos. <sighs> All right, we'll take a look at that later. Let's get into the word. I can't. Honestly, I just can't. I can't look. Oh, just just to keep it a hundred, I have two sermons. One if the screen is cracked, <laughs> and one if it's not cracked. Okay. I just want to be honest. I'm gonna look at it right now. I, I I won't I won't leave you guys because you won't even look at the word. You're just gonna be looking at my screen. What's going on? Is he, he gonna pick it up? here we go. Man. Now, because my personality, I want to throw it higher this time, but I'm not going to do that. Just, just see, this is honestly, who thought the screen would be cracked? Just two of you? Wow. I should have thrown it up higher. Anyway, I'll give you the company, just this, I, this, this sermon brought to you by Mouse, it's M-O-U-S, just take a look at it, you'll, uh-oh, is it working? Okay, yeah, good, Phew. all right, it's okay, you go to sleep, you're a good, you're a good boy, girl, all right, so, let's get into the Word, James, consider it pure joy, I can't believe none of you thought the screen was going to be cracked, that's like so disappointing, I like risked my life for you and you didn't care. Okay, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. So let's just look at that verse really quickly because anytime you see in Scripture joy, it's an indication that that's what you want to happen. Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy, it says in Hebrews. Jesus says, I say to this that your joy may be full. It may be come to the fullest. So anytime you see joy, you want to understand what needs to happen for there to be joy. There was great joy when my phone wasn't cracked. But consider it pure joy. And then he says, my brothers and sisters. Now this is important because for those of you who are here, Or those of you who are online that are just dipping your toes into Christianity or the Bible or Jesus. This morning, you're going to get a good indication of what you're being called into. Okay? You're going to get a good indication of what it may or may not actually cost to be a follower of Jesus. Okay? So, consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters. So, for right now, James is just talking to people who are followers of Jesus. So, let me give you a little history on who James is. James is the half-brother of Jesus. The reason we call him the half-brother is because they had different dads. So, Mary is the same mom, but Jesus' dad is the Holy Spirit. And I know, I I I can't understand it either, but it happened. And so, um, uh, the Holy Spirit is essentially Jesus' dad, and then Joseph is James's dad. So James is the half-brother of Jesus. Same mom, different dad. So here's some interesting things about James. He lived with Jesus every day. He was, his, he was his, essentially his brother. I mean, they were brothers. And he lived with Jesus every day. And he came to the conclusion that Jesus was the son of God. That's one of the big reasons I believe in Jesus. If you can convince your brother that you're, that you're God, you probably are. Because I have a brother and I've seen him in his underwear. Like, like I've seen him in his... like I, You can't convince your brother. Jesus convinced his brother that he was God. Jesus lived a life that was so amazing and so consistent. And he died and James knew that he rose again. There was an actual resurrection. And so James writes this book to Christians. It actually isn't necessarily a book. It's a bunch of thoughts, really. I mean, I I joke about James all the time that I think James had ADD. Because when you read it, you're like, dude, we were just on this topic. Now you've jumped to this topic. And then he jumps back to the topic. So when we go through the book of James, we're not going to do it verse by verse I'm going to be James's editor. I'm going to take the different thoughts that he has and I'm going to place them into the, the way westernized people think. You know, A, B, C, D, E. That's not how James wrote it. So we're going to, I'm not going to change any of the words, any of the thoughts, any of the language, any of the ideas, any of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that inspired James to write this. I'm just going to kind of group things up. In this particular case, I'm not grouping anything up. It's pretty easy to understand. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Oh boy, what's going to be the joy? This is fantastic. Whenever you face trials. Okay, let me go back. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. When? Whenever you face trials. Of many kinds. What does that tell us? We're going to face trials of many kinds. 2020 has been a year of, of trials, hasn't it? For all different kinds of ways. For financially for some of us, our mental health for some of us, emotionally, um, politically for, for half of us. You know, the first half of 2020 was horrible politically and now are like, yay, like, like party favors, you know. <laughs> you know, whatever. I get that. I understand both sides. It's just, it's just. there's an angst with 2020, right? And then you add on to all of that a pandemic that we didn't understand and then we kind of understood and then we're trying to figure it out as humans and we're trying to navigate all these things. And that's why, again, just I'm just telling you, like the fact that I can come in here and say, hey, can we all wear masks when we sing? And can we all, you know... And everybody just does it. Even though I know that some of you are like, I wouldn't wear a mask. But you just do. It's just beautiful. It's, it's awesome. Whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now here's what he says. Because this is, he says something. But I don't think the people reading it kind of followed through. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops Perseverance. You know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Do we know that? Do you really know that? Because when I'm tested in my faith, I just think of hardship. I just think this is tough. Where's Jesus in this? Where's God in this? What's going on? Now, we understand this for almost everything else. We understand that testing in anything else. When I go to a doctor, so when Jesse had his brain surgery years back, we wanted to know how much has that dude been tested. Like like how long did he go to med school? Where did he get his masters? Where did he get his doctorate? What was his thesis on? How many of these has he done? How many brain surgeries has he done? Because we know that the testing of our doctors develops perseverance. You have someone now that you can follow, that you can put your hands into, that your lives into their hands, that you can kind of. We we know that. We know that the testing of our food intake produces perseverance. If if you've ever been on a diet, or like keto, or paleo, or whatever they are. Not Atkins, that, why the, that dude died. Um, that we know that as we begin to get into these rhythms, it's so hard at first, isn't it? You know, oh my goodness, I always have, you know, uh, Rocky Road ice cream, you know, it's just a pint before I go to bed and, you know, it's just like, ah, and then you just kind of go through, go through, go through, and then all of a sudden you're like, like I used to drink eight Diet Cokes a day diet coke, diet coke. And then I'm like, I don't think this is good for me. And then, you know, it was just so hard. But it developed perseverance. We know this with our exercise. You first go to the gym, and if you're like me, that first day back, you're going to try to make up for the last five years, and you're just like on every machine. You know, and then for like four days, you're just like, hey, how's it going? You know, (laughs) right? But if it's consistent, day after day, it develops perseverance we know that but the testing of our faith like that emotional man I don't know where God is right now why did the, why are these bad things happening you know depending on which side you're on what you know is God for America I don't know what whatever like like going back I consider it all joy. I'm like super excited for a future result, but it's gonna come through trials. And the future result always comes through trials, in my opinion. And in the opinion of Jesus' half brother, that's just how it happens. This perseverance, the actual Greek word is joyful endurance. Joyful endurance. So I have a daughter, Audrey. She um, she likes to run. I don't. I don't. She didn't get that from either parent. I mean, I mean, Lisa's amazing, but neither one of us are like want to go for a job. <laughs> like we don't just don't do that. And so she runs, and her husband runs. They met at college on the track team, and um, and so she runs, and so she got this little app on her watch called Strava and she started tracking her runs. And so last year she ran 800 miles total. And so she was like, oh, that's really cool. You can do the math three runs a week, you know, divide it. It's a lot. And so, um, so I texted her because I knew this year she wanted to do a thousand miles. And so I texted her, I said, hey, I was going to use you in an example, Um, like, are you on track for your thousand miles? And she texted me back, and she said, yeah, I already did it. Uh, And I was like, well, then, yeah, I was like, you're dead to me. I don't even know who you are. Okay, so um, you know what that is? That's a joyful endurance. She doesn't wake up and go, oh, I got to run. For her 25th or 24th birthday, 26th birthday, oh, yeah, that's right, because it's 26.2. Yeah, she ran a marathon on her birthday. On my birthday, I eat cake and I sit on my couch, because it's my birthday, right? She runs, why? Because it's joyful perseverance. Now imagine this, and this is the thing I want you to, because I, I didn't write down an actual point. Imagine if you had joyful endurance in your faith. Like a trial comes, and you're like, start light stretching, you know? You're just like getting ready. Okay, this is gonna, I know this is gonna... I know that my God is not going to waste this. Okay, let me me just keep it real. The culture in our country right now is so far away from this. Like once one thing goes bad for one group or another group, it's like the wheels fell off and it's just wailing and lamenting. Now listen, just hear me. You know me already, so I don't probably even need to say this, but for those of you who might be watching who are new... Um, there are real justice things happening that need to be lamented and need to be processed through. I understand that. I'm just talking about for us in our individual and family relationship with our Heavenly Father. We look at these things and we say, okay, what are we going to learn from it? How does this training, how does this run, how does this work out, how does this discipline going to end up to be joyful endurance. Because here's what he says, perseverance must finish its work. There's a a run you're on, there's a, there's a, 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 a road you're on, a journey you're on, and it cannot be wasted. You cannot medicate your way out of this. It has to finish. You can't Just surround yourself with people who say the same thing that you say so that you just feel good about yourself. You you, you can't get away from it. It must finish its work. Why? Why must it finish? What if I just stayed the way I am? And I could just... I could get away from anything that that seems difficult or that seems uh, annoying or whatever. What if I could just surround myself with people that tell me all the things I want to hear about myself and my ideology? Why, Why can't I do that? Ah, James. So that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. It's just too important for the person that you've been created to be To sit where you are. This is why we call it faith that works. There should be a progression. Tomorrow, you should be more loving than you are today. Tomorrow, you should be more holy and disciplined than you are today. Tomorrow, you should be more compassionate than you are today. You should be more um, uh, empathetic uh, than you are today. Tomorrow you should be more patient than you are today. Because what you're traveling towards is being mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Now I just want to give a quick theology thing. You've heard me talk about it before. And, and, and so for decades, the main ideology of Christianity was you're a sinner, which you are. Trust me, I know most of you. Uh, you're a sinner, and you need a Savior. And you do, and I do. I was joking. You, that didn't even get a laugh. You're like, oh, wow. I, it was a, it's true, but it was a joke. Um, and so, uh, so you'd, you'd, you'd accept Jesus. You'd raise your hand. You'd accept Jesus, and then you'd go to heaven. All true. It's all true, okay? You do need to... Make Jesus your Lord and Savior. You are a sinner. You do need to be saved, okay? But, and then you learn. Learn, 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 learn. Great, learn. But I think we've missed this step of compassion and empathy and nuance in our faith. Jesus says the way to become complete, uh, James says, the way to become, God says, the way to become complete is to begin this journey with Jesus. Lord, I am, I'm talking about John Rittenhouse. I I am a sinner. I've made so many mistakes. I, I want you to be Lord of my life. I know you have my best interests in mind. I want you to be Lord. I want you to be Lord of my finances and my relationships and all these things. Great, done. And then he said, it's almost like you're saved into the testing lab. At the end, you'll make it to whatever the showroom is. But you're saved and okay, now we're going to go through this testing. Because, because, your faith is the most important thing you have. And that faith must be tested because everything important must be tested. I would not put my iPhone into something that hasn't been tested and the people around you When you share the gospel, they want to know, have you been tested? Does this really work? Has this Jesus really changed your life? Or are you just like me? You're just as scared as me? You're just as angry as me? You're just as, uh, you know, just as fickle as me? Like, have you been tested? Christians, of anyone on the planet, We should be the ones being able to handle whatever happens around us. Do we get ourselves involved? Yeah. Do we have ideologies? Of course we do. But is it just, is the testing of my faith producing fear? That's not right. The testing of my faith should produce endurance so that I can be perfect and complete Lacking in nothing. This version says mature, but another version says perfect. N- not lacking in anything. So we'll leave James for just a little second because I, I, Peter takes this up and it's almost identical. He writes with different language, but it's almost identical. And I, The reason I wanted to bring Peter into it is because um, this is another person that we honor as someone who's figured this out who's been tempted, he's failed. And you know, oftentimes we think, of, we think of failure, like we don't want to be tested because we might fail. Failure is just information. That's all it is. If there's a vaccine that doesn't work, I want it to fail, right? Because I want them to go, wow, this failed. Okay, once you get one that hasn't failed, and maybe you go, failure, failure, I don't want the needle yet. No needle, no needle, no needle, no needle, no needle, no needle. Oh, maybe a needle. Needle. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's what I want. But we look at our lives, and a lot of this has to do with just how evangelicalism has, has gone. That if you fail, you are a failure. And that's not the way Jesus looks at you. If you fail, you failed. And you got information. Okay, this is a space that I might need to bring in other experts, other people who've been tested. How did you get through all your tests? You're like, you're like really good at this. And you know what they'll tell you? I guarantee you to a woman, to a man. Oh, the testing of my faith produced this. I can tell you about my failure, my failure, my failure, my failure, my failure. And yes, now I'm walking in victory. I'm walking in, the, in joyful endurance. But it was a long journey. And you know what we used to do in the church? We don't do it here. But what we used to do in the church historically, going back a few decades, is that once you failed, you were a failure. And now the community turns away from you. That's not what James is saying. The testing, constant testing of your faith, the constant testing of your faith produces joyful endurance. And let it go. Let it be completed. Keep going back. Keep going back. I've been trying to get over this thing. I'm trying to get over this thing. Keep going back. Keep going back. Keep going back. Because you'll get more and more information. And then one day or one season of your life, you go, I think I'm ready. You may be mature, complete, not lacking in anything. So Peter says it this way. In this, you greatly rejoice. So James said, consider it all joy. Peter says it this. In this, you greatly rejoice. Oh boy, what is it, uh, Peter? Did, 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 uh, you know, did Chick-fil-A start opening on Sundays? Like What, what is it that is going to be something I greatly rejoice in? See, the thing is, because I preach on Sundays and I get really hungry afterwards, and I want to go to Chick-fil-A, but they're closed. Okay. You guys. I'm going to throw my phone up even higher. I don't know. This is funny. Okay, in this you greatly rejoice. Why? In this you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief. Remember what what James says? He says, consider pure joy when you encounter trials of many kinds. You've suffered grief in all kinds of trials. These griefs might come from, in this case, persecution. You know, we're not really persecuted. I mean, you might, as a Christian, feel like, oh man... You know our values, whatever. Uh, That's not what they're going through. But grief, real grief, loss of a loved one. Just for a little while. These have come so that your faith. Remember what I said. The important things in life need to be tested, right? That your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through uh, even through refined, even though refined by fire, may be what proved. Mature, complete, lacking in nothing, genuine. And may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Watch what he says. This is so cool because, so if you're reading this for the first time and you read this and you say, so the result may be praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed, you might think to yourself Well, that's great for when he's revealed in the future, eternity, heaven, whatever. What do I do about now? Like my circumstances haven't changed at all. I'm still living with the grief of loss or the grief of regret. He goes on. Though you haven't seen him, you love him. Right? That's most of us. Though we haven't seen, I haven't seen Jesus. I mean, I've seen pictures, but they probably aren't right. I haven't seen Jesus, but I, I love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. That's, that's me. It's in the midst of my trials. Even though I don't see him, I love him. And even though I don't see him now, I believe in him. And I'm filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, which I am. I wouldn't call it inexpressible. I mean, I still have problems with you know, being joyful about certain things. But this has been the result of my faith for the most part, of the things that I've gone through and you've gone through. And I found my relationship. Every time I hand my life more and more over to Jesus, there's more and more joy. And at times, there's more and more trials. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of. Of your souls as the worship band comes back up the goal of our faith is the salvation of our souls do you notice he didn't mention anything about heaven like that there's something about trials There's something about going through hardship. There's something about a grounding of difficulty as we process through that. That brings us to this understanding that no matter what happens, I have Jesus. As we said last week, as long as I'm here, I will not fear. Regardless of what's going on. COVID, politics, unrest, uncertainty, whatever. Because I know that even if it goes bad, I can consider it pure joy knowing that the testing of my faith produces endurance. And I need to let endurance produce its perfect result that I would be mature, complete, lacking in nothing. It's hard. (laughs) It's really, really hard. But the idea that we could begin to flip the script and say, man, I'm feeling fearful right now. I wonder how many more times I need to get through this in order to go, oh, I'm not scared of that anymore. So what we're going to do right now is uh, Taylor's going to lead us in an ending song. And um, this is a time of reflection for us. So maybe you're going through a trial right now. Maybe you're going through something that is... um, when it first hit you thought there's no way I can I can get over this maybe your president wasn't elected in this last time and you're like I think it's the end of civilization or whatever which is fine but what are you going to do with that like maybe you need to bring that to the Lord and go Lord how can I take the next four years as a testing as a production line as a, I'm going into the lab for the next four years. Maybe it's something else. Maybe you're, you're like super fearful of COVID and you're just like, man, I don't, people aren't wearing masks. ah." And you go, okay, God, God, how can I flip this script and go, how, how can I take this fear, use it as a, a testing of my faith that maybe in a year or two, I go, oh, As long as I'm here, I will not fear. Let me pray for us. Jesus, I don't know what you said to your brother (laughs) to encourage him to write this stuff, but it's so encouraging. We just thank you for that. Thank you that you lived a life so perfect that even the people you lived with came to the right conclusion. So, Lord, as we enter into this uh, book, I pray that we would see it the same way. What are we going to do with our faith? Is it going to change us? Is it going to mold us? Is it going to refine us? Can we be tested and fail and tested and fail and tested and fail until one day we run with a joyful endurance? We pray that in Jesus' name. All right, why don't we stand for the blessing? And if you're at home, you can stand with us as one family. We do this every Sunday. Somebody just dropped their phone. Okay. Hey, if the screen's broken, let me know so I can tell all these poor saps. That was a risk. Okay. Okay, shh, here we go. Okay, now. Now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I pray that you'd go in his peace, that you'd go in his strength, and that you'd go in the joy of trials, that you would be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week.